Welcome to the Michigan Minds Podcast, a quick and informative analysis of today's top issues from University of Michigan faculty. Thanks so much for joining to talk with me today and answer some of my questions. Can you please introduce yourself, tell us your name and your role and share a little bit about what it is that you do at the University of Michigan? Uh, yeah, my name is Ben Secunda. I am the NAGPRA project manager at the uh, University of Michigan Office of Research. And I oversee a, an implementation uh, project um, that oversees uh, compliance with the Native American Graves Protection and Repatriation Act, which is kind of a mouthful. So we usually just shorten it and call it NAGPRA. And so uh, this process is, um, uh, I've been working on it for about 10 years now, uh, since yeah, 2010. And um, we're making good progress and uh, that's what I do. Fantastic, thank you. Can you tell me a little bit more about the Native American Graves Protection and Repatriation Act? Yeah, it was a uh, federal law. It was passed in 1990. Um, the law, uh, basically was um, intended to target institutions that receive federal, those are the institutions that have to comply with the law. And the law was basically uh, looking at a history in which a lot of these institutions had acquired and amassed uh, Native American human remains, funerary objects, um, and in a lot of cases, uh, sacred objects or what are called objects of cultural patrimony. Uh, cultural patrimony objects, the comparison they usually use is um, um, like the Liberty Bell is to Americans. No one person can alienate it from the, uh, the nation. You can't sell it uh, or anything or give it away uh, because it belongs to everyone. And so that's what an object of cultural patrimony is. And so um, in the past, um, there's you know, been a lot of exchanges, uh, a lot of um, unscrupulous people taking advantage of tribes over the years, um, and a lot of mistakes uh, too that were made. Um, I would say that uh, with the objects and also with the human remains, there's kind of no one way that uh, they make their way into institutions. I think the the main way uh, people look at um, the um, or think of the acquisition of human remains in particular through archeological projects. That is probably the main way, uh, but those archeological projects, uh, some of them are targeted uh, and have been over the years. Others are, um, have to do with construction projects, uh, things get encountered, graves get encountered. Um, and then when you get into areas of um, sacred objects, cultural patrimony, uh, just different types of collections like that, um, a lot of times things have been handed down through families, they acquire them and they, and they move into an area, uh, they'll donate them, gift them to museums, um, and also museums over the years have traded pieces of collections back and forth. And so NAGPRA as a law is meant to try to reunite these collections and get them back to the appropriate tribes or in some cases appropriate family members, um, because uh, sometimes remains and objects are uh, definitely identifiable with um, uh, specific families and individuals. And so this process is meant to, uh, and the federal law is meant to 
basically take the remains and take the objects and get them back to the appropriate people, appropriate communities, so that um, you know that process can uh, uh, be rectified. And can you tell me, you know, within the University of Michigan, kind of how those transfers are determined um, and conducted? Yeah, well, it's guided by the federal law and the regulations uh, that kind of um, uh, give a little more substance and definition to the law. Uh, there are two different ways. Uh, one is uh, through cultural affiliation. Uh, that is, you know the community or you know uh, the family. It's also uh, beyond cultural uh, affiliation. Uh, sometimes you know the family, the kin of the individuals. Um, I would say that's more the exception to the rule, but it does happen. That's ideal when you get the family. But um, when you can't uh, uh, identify a family member, um, you go with the community. So whoever the community or communities are that uh, are culturally affiliated, and we're talking about federally recognized tribes here. Um, and then uh, with that process, you have the individual remains along with the funerary objects, um, but also sacred objects and cultural patrimony um, are also affiliated to different communities. Uh, sometimes, and this is the, the a new law was, uh, or new aspect of the regulations was passed uh, within the law back in uh, 2010, uh, which is when this project started. Um, it uh, refers to a process called disposition as opposed to repatriation. And this is what happens when you have human remains that are culturally unidentified. Uh, that is, you, you don't know who, who is or is likely to be affiliated um, and so uh, the determinations are made based on a few different criteria, treaties, executive orders, or acts of Congress have defined which tribes have Aboriginal standing by county and by state. And so the tribes that have uh, standing within a county, you are supposed to reach out to them, consult with them, similar to the process that you have with cultural affiliation. Um, and then once, that once those consultations are done, uh, you accept uh, the requests. Uh, if affiliation is determined, you go ahead and uh, do the transfer to the appropriately affiliated tribes. Um, or in the case of dispositions, if uh, no one comes forward, if a, an affiliation can't be established, the tribes that have Aboriginal standing in a county and a state based on these criteria, um, you can go ahead and make a transfer to them. They can request and you make the transfer to them. Thank you for explaining that process. And are there um, ceremonies or how, how are these transfers held? Yeah, the, uh, it starts with uh, just a consultation under the law. And so uh, you come together, you exchange the uh, information, you look it over. Uh, these are a lot of documents and things like that. Uh, that are amassed. Uh, I have a counterpart at the museum, uh, Amadea Scott is her name. Uh, she's the NAGPRA, pro or NAGPRA collections manager uh, for the Museum of Anthropological Archaeology. Um, she will amass the information as well as do a review of the remains and objects and then share that information with the tribes. And um, as part of that process, uh, you end up making a determination in terms of which tribes want to submit a request. And then those tribes will identify among themselves who they want to actually take the transfer when the transfer comes. 
And so usually it's a multiple month process. There's not really sort of a fixed date. Uh, a lot of that depends on when the National NAGPRA office is, you know, doing obviously a lot of these uh, notices and things like that. You have to go through a public notification period and all this. They go through a lot of these notices and when, a, when they get published and they have to be published in the federal register for 30 days, they uh, then give you permission to go ahead and uh, make the transfer. And that sets up the signing ceremonies. Uh, the signing ceremonies are just kind of a conclusion of the, the transfer process. Uh, the transfer recipients have been identified for the tribes and uh, they make arrangements with us. They come in, they usually, as part of the process, uh, every tribe is a little different. And so the process here on campus usually consists of them coming in. Uh, they usually, uh, again, review the, the remains and the objects with Amadeus, uh, make sure uh, everything is present and accounted for. There's a process uh, a lot of them do where uh, they will start the preparation process because they're going to ultimately reinter them uh, into the ground. Uh, and so um, they do have certain ceremonial processes, processes where the ancestors, their objects, a lot of times are paired back together if we know that's part of this document review process. They're prepared in a certain way in terms of wrapping and, and things like that. And uh, then it culminates with uh, a signing of the paperwork. The paperwork, the transfer paperwork is just the legal process, but it's also a process for folks to come together at the university and the tribes to meet with one another. Usually um, the vice president sometimes is there because uh, the vice president here, uh, uh, Rebecca Cunningham, she has uh, the final say for uh, transfers for the university. Uh, Associate vice president for research, now it's uh, Jeff Toon. Uh, is usually there, and also director of the museum, uh, which in this case is Mike Galati. Uh, he's uh, usually there as well. And then the tribal representatives, whoever they are, it changes. And they'll go through the process of just signing the paperwork, um, visiting with, you, with each other for a while. It's a good chance to just, you know, this is a relationship that you're building uh, when you do these transfers over and over again. And so once the signing of the paperwork is done, uh, usually throughout the process, there's uh, certain ceremonies that are going on smudging where they burn sage or sweet grass and, and uh, do the, um, uh, the smudging process. And then usually there's a, uh, a loading into the vehicle. Sometimes there's even a, a travel song before they leave. And uh, usually the reburial is done within a day or two. Uh, again, the tribes all differ a little bit, and some are more public than others, and some are more private than others. And it sounds like these um, are very significant and immensely important ceremonies. Is there anything that you can elaborate on regarding that uh, significance and important to these tribal communities? Yeah, I think with the tribes, uh, what we usually hear, uh, me in particular from the, the cultural leaders, the elders, uh, the spiritual leaders, uh, the tribes here in the state call them pipe carriers. Uh, the pipe carriers just say it is very important for their ancestors to be in the earth because uh, that's where they were removed from. They need to return to the earth. And so uh, this process in many ways is, um, it is relationship building. It's also um, a process of just sort of coming together for, to use a phrase is just sort of a healing process for them because uh, uh, you know a lot of times their their ancestors were removed in um, you know a, a variety of different ways and so this process for them is um, putting them back into the earth um, 
usually their uh, reburial ceremonies are, are uh, followed up by a feast afterwards where again everyone comes together and just sort of visits and and reflects and just sort of renews them renew themselves uh, for the next transfer and so um, it's that renewal process and it, it does bring a lot of people together I think for the university to be a part of that process is an honor and also the individuals um, like I said, it is relationship building because I, I had a pipe carrier tell me uh, years ago, it says a, a lot about the living and how they treat the dead. Um, and so that process of coming together and doing things, because a lot of times what comes out of this too is uh, it's not just the NAGPRA process. In part of that building relationships, you're also, uh, you start talking about other things, other projects, other ways to work together and making those connections. And so I think NAGPRA, um, although it's a federal compliance effort, um, it's also um, you know, leading to a lot of other interactions beyond NAGPRA. And so in this sense, um, we're not only mending fences, but we're building bridges. Usually uh, I would say springtime and the fall, uh, right about now are usually our busiest times. Springtime uh, tends to be more of the consultations whereas fall tends to be the transfers with the reburial. Uh, sometimes, uh, you know, with going towards the process of reinterment for the tribes, depending on where they are in the north anyway, uh, especially here, uh, if you go in the northern parts of uh, the state of Michigan, winter sets in a little bit sooner uh, than downstate. And so um, sometimes, uh, you know, winter will encroach, and so they'll have to wait till the springtime. And so sometimes we have had transfers in the spring. Um, but generally speaking, it follows a cycle of consultations in the spring, and then you prepare the notices over the summer and then the transfers in the fall. This has been incredibly insightful, and I really appreciate you sharing all of this really important information with me and with our Michigan Minds audience. I know this is a very busy time for you, so before I let you go, I just wanted to ask if there's anything else that you want to share or emphasize about NAGPRA or the process at the University of Michigan or just in general. I think, um, like I said, this I think the project is an important project for the university. Beyond simple federal compliance, I really do think it's relationship building uh, for the university. The university has a connection in terms of its founding with the tribes. Uh, the Treaty of 1817, here we are back to treaties again, that they're important to NAGPRA, they're important to the university. And so to have these connections, uh, to make these connections, to build upon these connections are very important. Uh, it was the original mission of the university, you could say, uh, to bring people together, to uh, learn from each other, learn with each other. And uh, I think that process, um, when you develop that rapport and relationship through doing this work, it, as I mentioned, it has these other benefits beyond NAGPRA. And we're starting to actually see that. Um, and you know, I've been a part of that myself uh, here and there, but uh, I know there are different things that are going on now. There at the um, Matai Botanical Gardens, Nichols Arboretum has a project called the Heritage Seeds Project, where they're doing a collaborative garden with uh, indigenous communities, it has been going on for multiple years. Uh, even talking about uh, reintroducing monomen, uh, which is wild rice, uh, into university properties, uh, working with the tribes. Uh, the Museum of Anthropological Archaeology had a basket exhibit. It's currently up at um, uh, Museum of Natural History. Originally, it was at the Zebuwing Center with the Saginaw Chippewa up in Mount Pleasant. Um, but they've reestablished the exhibit down here at the Museum of Natural History. Uh, 
Midano Kindoak is what it's called. It's, it means uh, they work together, which is an, a nice message, again, sort of building off NAGPRA and this theme. And these baskets are actually here at the university. But um, when, as part of, uh, it was part of a NAGPRA visit, when some of the tribal representatives had seen this, uh, they were recognizing relatives of theirs. And they were saying, oh, we want to share these baskets. We want these baskets to be seen. And so that was part of that process. And this is what you get from working on NAGPRA is a lot of these other examples of coming together, even like I said, beyond uh, that work, because there's even starting to get into areas of education, the hard sciences, as, as they might be called, uh, you know, chemistry, physics, that kind of thing. Um, you know, reaching out to native peoples, native communities to get students into here. Um, these are all happening now. And it's, I think it's an exciting future. And, um, you know, NAGPRA is a small part of that. And NAGPRA helps, I think, facilitate uh, some of that conversation and relationship. I think that that's a wonderful message to end on. Ben, thank you again so much for taking the time to talk with us and educate us today. Thank you. Miigwech. Thank you for listening to the Michigan Minds podcast, a production of the University of Michigan. Join the conversation on social media with hashtag UMichImpact.